Shelly. Hey, Jessica. What's up? Oh, well, I guess, I don't know. It's been pretty busy. Uh, yeah. We um, can't seem to align schedules enough to even do our, you know. Our, the thing that we love to do. I know, our 30-minute podcast. It's like. I know. <clears throat> well, I missed doing this. I know. It's been so, it feels like it's been a month. About that. It's been a couple weeks. That's yeah. wild. Sorry about that, guys. We had a little summer vacay. You yeah. Know. You know, Shelly took her family to the beach, mm-hmm. and I went away to North Carolina, and we just, our schedules just never aligned, so yeah. sorry about that, folks. I have a million children. <clears throat> they started school again, so our regular recording night has been commandeered by Good them. Lord. You know, serious, real-world problems, <laughs> you know? We have, we have some bad, you know. But schedules. we're here. We're here. And then we're ready to talk about ghosts again. I am ready. So thanks for listening to Are You Afraid of Ghosts and all that stuff. So, you know, since the last time I I was thinking about all the crazy topics we've had. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a conversation with someone the other day. She's like, I really need to listen to your podcast. And, you know, it's it's our friend. uh, We have these friends, Keith and Aaron, and they, uh, they live in Doylestown and... And uh, we hang out with them quite often, and we were talking about stuff, and I said, they live in, like, an older house. And I said, oh, man, please tell me there's something creepy about this house. And, you know, she's mm-hmm. like, no. She's like, but the person before here claims to have, like, heard things. And I'm like, she goes, but I haven't heard anything. But she's also very spiritual. And she said she's, like, open to it, so I don't think that she would be, like, scared. Right. <clears throat> I think she, like, does, like, crystals and things like mm-hmm. that. And, uh I said, oh, so that would be really cool. I said, so if you, like, experience something, you just need to tell me. Yeah. it sounds like they're going to come to you if you're open for it. Yeah, do, have they lived there a long time? <laughs> I think only, like, a few years. Like, nothing crazy. I mean, I lived in my house for about three years before anything started happening. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Maybe I just, you know, open Pandora's box. Sorry, Erin, <laughs> if you're listening. Well, maybe it'll be a good experience. <clears throat> yeah. Who knows? Maybe she'll have some sweet ghosts. Well, I think, yeah. I think the people that used to live in her... She'll have to tell me um, specifically, but I think they were war veterans that that housed that were housed there. Oh wow! So that's okay. because Pennsylvania, and that's kind of on the topic of um, what I'm going to talk about tonight. Is you know I'm really intrigued. We live in Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania is like one of the most haunted. Very places. haunted. It's very haunted. Teeming with ghosts. <clears throat> it's crazy, and even just you know I go to Philadelphia a couple times a week and. You know how much history and ghosts are in Philadelphia. It's just like we could probably just spend time in Pennsylvania. But then, you know, other stories are kind of cool. So it's not all going to be the Pennsylvania show. But however. There's a lot here. There's enough here for us to work with Mm -hmm. that, you know, we want to make sure we're, uh, you know, getting all of our. It's in our backyard. Why not? I know. Or literally in our house. Why not? Or you live there. Yeah. I mean. I don't live with one, but you do. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm all I'm all about, you know, trying to find out what, what's going on in our area. I think we should do some ghost tours. Now Halloween's Absolutely. coming up. Absolutely, yeah. You sent me a couple of things. Yeah. We're, uh, this let's week... Let's plan something. Like, let's choose a weekend and, like, do something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Come in. If anyone wants to join us, let us know. <laughs> if you're local to the area. Um, so I just, I, I, did you ever go into, uh, you know, a local convenience store and you just see like random shit that's, you know, for your state, 
Yes. You know, like the cheesy stuff like, you know, I love Pennsylvania magnets or whatever. Yeah, I love it. <clears throat> so I went into a local CVS the other day and I saw a book as I was leaving and I just had to buy it. It's called Supernatural Lore of Pennsylvania. Hell yeah. I mean, it's, it says ghosts, monsters, and miracles. 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 I don't even know what that means. So I did not read the whole book yet because I want to be pleasantly surprised. So mm-hmm. I, I picked out a story for tonight that, you know, a lot of these are probably going to be all over all over the place. So, you know, I'm not really too familiar with Pittsburgh, but this story is a little bit of an origin of Pittsburgh. Are you familiar with Pittsburgh? I've been there a couple times. It's a beautiful city. Yeah? Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. I would go back there. All right, cool. For a long weekend. Well, we still have to go to Gettysburg, and there's a bunch of fucking, like, bed and breakfast stuff. Like, yeah. we just need to... Yeah, there's a whole... Like, you sent me an article of, like, was it, like... Bucks County. Yeah, like, a million different <clears throat> places to go in Bucks County. Yeah. It's funny, when I was talking to uh, to my friend Keith the other day, I was talking about the, the podcast again, and he said, um, oh, yeah, there's a haunted bridge that's not too far from here. And I was like, crybaby bridge? He goes, that's it. <laughs> you I covered go, that one. And I said, I already did that episode. <laughs> So it was just kind of cool that, like, you know, he was referencing something that I'm like, yeah, I already did that one. Because mm-hmm. that's how haunted this fucking state is. So are you ready? I'm totally. <clears throat> I I mean, I've been ready for weeks. I know. Like. Here I am. I, I don't have any, like, sexy stories. Like, I don't have, like, you know, ghost sex right now. But maybe we'll revisit that. Topic. Okay. So this, this is called Slag Pile Annie. No idea what that means. No idea either. But Thomas White wrote it. <clears throat> For well over a century, the economy of Western Pennsylvania was dominated by the iron and steel industries. Wait, real quick, before I even get into this. Another thing Erin told me is that she's from Centralia. Oh my gosh. Fucking awesome. Did you you do anything on that one? I didn't. Because it's not like supernatural, but it's just so weird. And it's what the movie, yeah, with Silent Hill, that's what it's based off of, the fires burning underground. Her family is from there, and she goes there every once in a while and I was really? like please take me with you I didn't know if anyone was allowed there oh yeah there's people that live there oh yeah there are some people that never, that left. never left if you don't know what we're talking about look up Centralia Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. oh my god it's fucking crazy because it's all about the, like the coal miners and everything and, and she's then there's like, a ghost and town. she has like a lineage of coal miners like I wow I know we gotta hang out with her Aaron we're gonna go to Centralia awesome. we're coming with you we're coming with you all right sidebar sorry so that's just what iron and steel just made me think of coal and yeah that's fascinating yeah so we have to go there okay so you know pennsylvania western pennsylvania was dominated by the iron and steel industries though only a few mills remain today the stark industrial sorry levit levit yeah we're uh leviathans thank you I can't. Words are hard. Words. Um, words. They drew thousands of workers and immigrants to the greater Pittsburgh area, defining the region's life and culture. Like any other business or institution that impacts the lives of many people, the mills developed their own set of folklore and legends. Some of those legends were ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Working in the steel mills was dangerous, obviously. But before safety measures were implemented, thousands of workers would be killed. Or maimed on the job every year. Fuck. That sucks. 
Sounds like dangerous. Even after safety precautions improved, there were still numerous injuries and deaths. As one might expect, tales of ghosts and hauntings have been linked to those horrific accidents. One of the most popular of the steel mill ghosts is Slag Pile Annie. Several variations of her story have been told over the years, but the most common version was recorded by local folklorist and writer George Swetnam in the early 1960s. In the early 1950s, a local college student who was attending the University of Pittsburgh got a summer job in the Jones and Laughlin, <clears throat> Laughlin Mill in Hazelwood. He was assigned to drive a buggy that pulled empty hopper cars through a tunnel that ran under the blast furnaces. After the furnaces were empty, the young man drove through and picked up the hot slag that had spilled during That's the steel making slag process. slag is. <clears throat> I had no idea what slag was. Yes. Did you? No. Okay. It's called hot slag. It's but, not just uh, me. That's what they used to call me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> hot slag. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so he used to pick it up that spilled during the steel making process. Mm -hmm. When he filled his hopper cars, he took the material to the slag dump. I could go so many directions with that. <laughs> slag dump. Okay. So one day, while making his run through the poorly lit tunnel, the young man spotted a woman who was wearing work clothes and a red bandana in her hair. She was in her late 40s or early 50s. He pulled his buggy up beside her and warned her that she could get killed in the tunnel if she was there at the wrong time. The woman looked directly at him with an unnerving stare and said, I can't get killed. I'm already dead. Ooh. Could you imagine? I mean, I'm imagining it right now. I don't know what I would do, but like I, I can't. the way he described her, it sounds like Rosie the Riveter. Right? It's her clothes and like yeah, a red bandana. Yeah, she's exactly. Like, she's badass. The young man was not sure what to do, so he continued his run. When he finished, he approached the foreman and told him about the woman. After the young man described her, the foreman told him that he had met Slagpile Annie. Slagpile Annie. Damn, that sounds so, like, derogatory or something. It kind of does. Like, fucking Slagpile. Slagpile. <laughs> I don't know. At the slag and, dump. <laughs> I know. Annie had started working in the mill during the Second World War. Many women had filled the mill jobs that were left vacant when the men went off to fight. She's literally Rosie the Riveter. Like, that's what... Wasn't that the whole purpose know. of Rosie the Riveter? Like, to get the women to work during World War II? I don't know. Sorry, I'm just like... No, I'm actually kind of like... That's all I'm picturing. Okay, so sidebar, before I finish the story, Rosie the Riveter, my great aunt who passed away at 95, she was... Like, every, her Facebook profile was Rosie the Riveter. Oh, that's so cool. She might be, like, fucking channeling me right now. Okay. Yeah. Don't mm. worry, I won't call her slag pile Annie. Okay. So, many women had filled the mill jobs that were left vacant when the men went off to fight. When the war ended, she continued at her job, which happened to be driving the buggy and collecting slag. About five years before the young man came to the mill, Annie was killed in an accident. Details of the incident are vague, but somehow Annie was... Burned by the hot slag. Oh. Oh, what a way. That sounds awful. Yeah. In the years after the accident, Annie's ghost was often reported in the tunnel where she met her demise. The story of slag pile Annie, whether true or not, served other purposes in its retelling. Such stories were a warning and reminder of the constant dangers of the mills, even for those who performed rather mundane jobs. Slag pile Annie's story also carried part of the mill's history. 
It was a memory or commemoration of sorts of the important role that women had played in industry during the war and the sacrifices that they made in the process. Some even sacrificed their lives supporting the war effort. Mm -hmm. And the sources were George Swetnam from Devil's Ghosts and Witches, The Occult Folklore of the Upper Ohio Valley, Greensburg, PA. Um, and then Beth E. Trapani, Ghost Stories of Pittsburgh and Allegheny County. So that was 1994. Yeah. Wild. So I think I think it's true. I think if enough people are seeing something and reporting it, that it's true. Yeah. There's a dog in the hallway. There's dogs. There's <laughs> shit. If you hear stuff in the background, sorry, but... This is life. Tis life. Tis life. You want one more? Oh, yeah. All right. She- uh, just real fast. I don't know why I started thinking about this. Um... The I think it was like the whole like women going to work when men were at war. Have you ever heard of the Radium Girls? Sounds familiar. So like they would like make watches and like have to paint yes. things and watches so that they would glow. And they were encouraged Is to it like, like the Mercury or something. No, that's yeah. That's there, I think there's something else with Mercury. Oh, yeah, but the Radium Girls would lick the oh yes the paintbrushes and then they would start glowing. Oh fuck! And like then a whole bunch of shit happened that was like wild. But that's an interesting story. Oh yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in my hallway if you guys can hear these background noises, but fuck it, I'm still going. All right. This is called She Watches from the Grave mm-hmm. by Candace Buchanan. Far from its main entrance, where the gravel road winds near the back gate, stands Green Mount Cemetery's haunted mausoleum. It is not especially large, but it is stately, with a small porch supported by four pillars. Its heavy gray stone is con- contrasted by a tempting patch of color within to get a good look a passerby must climb the stairs to the narrow porch and come nose to nose with the crypt's glass doors and peer between the metal bars oh i wanted to look up where this was it's in philly sweet yep all right so on each side of the four drawers occupied and identified accordingly on the back wall, in vivid hues and artisan craftsmanship, an elderly woman stares back from a stained glass window portrait. Her expression is stern, but it is her eyes that are haunting. As you study her, she studies you back. I mean, that's pretty haunting. That is fucking creepy. There's an eerie feeling of being watched. Oh, I mean, she's watching she's you. She's literally <laughs> watching you. Her eyeballs are looking at you. There's her watching this just in <laughs> yeah like oh it's so weird i feel like i'm being watched by you, this ghost that's watching me yeah literally according to legend her eyes actually move to follow visitors until they are safely out of range huh local lore explains that she holds this eternal vigil because her husband wronged her in life and she's forever watching him in death i Damn. mean hell yeah fuck that dude yeah other versions say that she guards her family from beyond the grave with her eyes not only on anyone who approaches from the outside, but also on any everyone entombed on the inside. Children who play hide-and-seek games in the cemetery see her both as protector, using the mausoleum as safe base, and as opponent, identifying her as the threat to either hide or run from. I have a question. Yes. What children are playing hide-and-seek in a cemetery? Fucked up kids. I mean, I support <laughs> it. Like nobody it, is, but nobody is right. 
Is anyone? I've never done that. I kind of feel like I missed out. I feel like that's an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode that I've seen. Yeah, probably. Where they're like, come on, Johnny. Let's go, Billy. Let's go. Why are they high pitched? (laughs) Come on, Johnny. Come on, Johnny. Come on, Billy. What the fuck? No, it's so funny that it's just like, yeah, you know, when children play hide and seek in the cemetery. Like, normal. And everyone does that. I never did that. No. Fucking weirdos. I mean, I love cemeteries, but I never did that. Yeah. So, known oh, yeah. known most awfully, well, known most often simply as the haunted mausoleum, the structure stands in Section P, lots forty nine and fifty. The lots were purchased on July eighteenth, nineteen twenty four, by brothers Joseph T and James J Martin, whose initials preside over the crypt's entrance. The mausoleum was constructed in the same year and marked with the date of the roof's peak. The first record in the lot book is for Maud Martin, daughter of Joseph. Her sudden death on July 12th, 1924, was likely the event that prompted her father and uncle to purchase the property and initiate construction. I love the name Maud. So here's a picture of the mausoleum. Okay, yeah, I wanted to mention that upon further uh, inspection or research, it Mm. could also be in York, PA. Interesting. There's one in York and there's one in Philly, so I don't know which one this is talking about. Let's see if it ends up mentioning a location. I think... Sorry, I'm just, like, so curious, and then we can tell people where to go. Oh! Did you see her picture? I did. Oh, I didn't see it before. I'm gonna show you. You ready? Yeah. Holy shit! That is creepy as fuck. So, Yo. Real, real rap, we don't know which direction her eyes are going. Y- yeah. And if this shit was looking at me. I mean, I don't know what to say. That is that is way literally... creepier than what I had in my head. <laughs> it's just fucking. What? <laughs> Look at both of them. Wow. I need to see that in real life. Do you though? Yeah, I don't <laughs> Do know. You? I'm good. I'm good with the picture, but wow, fucking yeah. So, a crossed out notation in the cemetery's interment book indicates that Maud may have been temporarily buried in Section G until the mausoleum was completed. Maud was not the only family member buried elsewhere until the tomb was ready. Disturbed graves and ghost stories go hand in hand, and digging up graves to remove and and reinter relatives was familiar practice at green mount green mount that's mm-hmm. what we have to find i think it's the go. one in york yeah i think this is okay here we go upon its establishment by an act of the general assembly of commonwealth of pennsylvania on april 15th 1853 green mount became the foremost burial ground for waynesburg and the surrounding area in green county Several nearby community and family cemeteries that had been in existence prior to its formation were eventually consolidated at Greenmount as their properties were reclaimed for modern development. In many cases, Waynesburg families preempted their, these mass relocations by buying lots into which they could remove ancestors from older cemeteries to Greenmount so that the past and present generations were buried together. That oh, that's sounds, nice. That sounds sweet. Greenmount records note that May between May 19th and the 21st, 1926, the Martin family removed the remains of four relatives from Frederickstown, Pennsylvania, to be entombed in the new mausoleum. One of those four was Martha Moore Martin, 1819 to 1880, mother of Joseph and James. Though no name is printed on her stained glass window, there are notations at each 
each bottom corner in a thin black script that is almost lost in the brightly colored design. Each has a date, born October 21st, 1819, and died September 18th, 1880. In a tribute to their mother, Joseph and James added these inscriptions, inscriptions to mark the timeline of Martha Moore Martin's life. Deceased long before the mausoleum was built, Martha did not select or order her own image to preside over the family. They chose it to remember her. Her prominent location is one of honor by her heirs rather than sinister dominance over them. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Martha's identity removes some of the chill from her intimidating presence because she's fucking creepy as fuck. But as to the watched feeling, it merely names the watcher. Mm-hmm. In addition to the Martin relatives who rest within the actual building, there are two buried in front of it. The pair of graves outside belong to Martha's grandson, Edward Martin, and his wife, Charity Scott Martin, who both lived from 1879 to 1967. Edward entered the military while student while a student at Waynesburg College and rose to the rank of general. Equally successful in politics, he served as governor of Pennsylvania, 1943 to 47, and as a U.S. senator, 1947 to 59. It's wild. Um, it's a, a lot of family buried all together. So oh, do you yeah. think she's, like, watching over them, or do you think she's, like, pissed off at her ex-husband? I mean, I'd like to know what the ex-husband did. Because Wronged her, apparently. Like, what's, what's wrong? What does that mean? I mean, did he, like... Did piss in her Cheerios? I mean, like... I mean, there's so many interpretations of that, right? He could have just, like, not put his clothes away. That He could have also banged another chick and, you know, just fucking had a full-blown second family. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. There's a gray area in there. (laughs) What did you do? Tell us what you did. So, um... So, though Edward and Charity are memorialized, apart from the mausoleum that his father and uncle Bill Edwards... Uh, prestigious career continued to the safekeeping of his family's history and the preservation of a rare record that helps to unlock the mausoleum's mystery. In the archives of the Greene County Historical Society, where a large Edward Martin collection is housed, his grandmother's familiar gaze can be met once again. This time in actual photograph. The fucking creepy one. Yeah. In the picture, Martha's eyes sit in exactly the same uneasy positions that they do in the crypt window. I mean, it's really creepy. You guys have to look it up. Like, I, I don't... Like, nightmares it's, creepy. And she really needs her roots done. Yeah, she really does. Oh, girl. Poor lady. Maybe that's why she's just so... Maybe she's she just pissed off. She missed her hair appointment. He, he slept with the hairdresser. That was it. That was it. That's what happened. I don't think anything else happened. <laughs> just... <laughs> Martha had, in life, Martha had a condition. Oh, fuck. Now I feel like an asshole. Oh, no. We're assholes in advance. In life, Martha had a condition that actually caused her eye to wander. Preserved unedited by the artist, this eye condition recreated in stained glass lends itself to the illusion of watchfulness. You know what I thought it was? I thought it was, (laughs) like, you know how in old-timey photographs... They had to sit still for a really long time, but if they moved a little yeah. bit, then something might get messed up. So I thought that's what was going on. No. Sorry, Martha. She, Can I see your picture again? Yeah, I think she has a lazy eye. But her other eye is really creepy, too. That like she's, We don't know which one is messed up. No, but like, look at her. She looks like she she's angry at something. She has seen things. No yeah. pun intended. Yes. <laughs> Maybe pun intended. 
She's fuck fuck them kids. Fuck them kids playing playing in the mausoleum. (laughs) Fuck the kids. Who plays in the great great question? All right, I'm gonna close with this. Her identity known, her place of honor recognized, and her eyes understood. There remains one element of the ghost story that the archives cannot reconcile. The most popular telling of Martha's tale consistently claims some wrongdoing by her husband in life that causes her to be ever watching him in death. Yep. Martha's crypt identifies her as Martha Moore, wife of John M. Martin, but there is no space labeled for John. That's because he wronged her, obviously. Though Martha was one of the four burials removed to Greenmount from Fredrickson in 1926, the accompanying three were her parents and her daughter. Her husband is not listed. When Martha died, John, John M. Martin was 57 years old. With a lot of life still ahead of him, he buried Martha with her parents in Fredericktown, and then he started over. On February 1st, 1881, four months after Martha's death, her widower was married to a woman 20 years younger than he. Well, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Widow Isabel Barr Montgomery, with whom he raised a second family. You called it. Dude. I didn't You're know psychic. I really am because yeah. <laughs> I totally just made that up, not knowing that I was about to read that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know any lottery numbers. I'm not a gambler. Okay. So the sons of John and Martha Moore, Martin brought their mother to the mausoleum, put her picture in the window, but left their father where he lay. John was not buried with either of his wives. He rests with his father and his son by his huh. second marriage at Amenity Cemetery in Washington County, Pennsylvania. In the end, the one piece of Martha's mysterious stare that cannot be reasoned away is the possibility that she really is forever watching her absent husband. Lots of sources on this one. Amity Cemetery, um, Greenmount Cemetery. These were all books, um, you know, lot books. There was hand-drawn stuff, burial lists, lot deed, rules, regulations. Well, because they have to do all the research for, you know, that, but... I mean, more power to you, Martha. Fucking man. Watching while, you know, from the grave. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. I'm, I want to do that. Well, I'm, we're just going to haunt the fuck out of everyone. Yeah. I mean. I mean, that's my plan. If anyone does any wrongdoing, then. Fuck that Like, when person. I went to, and I'm fucking calling them out right now because went to the AT&T store today. And fucking <laughs> went to three AT&T stores today. So you know what? I was feeling some type of way yeah. earlier. But I was like, you know, I'm, I'm fucking coming back and haunting the AT&T. <laughs> the AT&T empl- store. Just that, just that employee. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, you know. The story also made me think about, like, how uh, families would buy all these lots and get buried together. And they would, like, plan ahead mm-hmm. for death. And, like, how rare that is now. Like, people aren't buying lots. They're, like getting cremated well it's funny that you say that because we're my former life training salespeople at cemeteries that's right oh yeah baby there's a whole thing and i my grandfather's in a mausoleum and he um so it's like he's in the wall it's kind of cool but that's cool it's so creepy how i know the most random shit about cemeteries and the way people are buried so if you have like a large family they have to literally, like, you can stack them up, but then there's, like, you know, side by side. So mm-hmm. there, there's actually, like, names for the way people are buried. Oh, interesting. So, like, my grandfather passed away. So if if, a, if you buy a plot in a mausoleum or if you buy something earlier, whoever's, whoever dies first, that's who goes in first. Mm-hmm. So, like, my grandfather's in, like, the back. So when my grand, grandmother passes away, she'll be in the front. Mm-hmm. But they, te- so, like, 
you know, there's front and back, there's top to bottom, there's side to side. Yeah. It's bonkers. So the the funeral lot sales mm-hmm. industry. Yep. Is it like still hopping? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of money in the cemetery business. Did you buy a lot? I did not. I was going to, and I decided not to. But see, this is a thing, though. I don't have, like, husband and children and anything like that. And my parents don't have lots. So it's... it's, I don't think my parents have them either. This is is how I feel about it. I'm not opposed to it. Um, I want the least painful thing for my family financially so I Mm -hmm. have you know a lot of life insurance but the thing is when someone passes away you have about you know I think there's about uh like 45 things you have to do within the first 48 hours after someone dies sucks and And you're like you're like in the process of grieving like how do you think straight so what what the cemetery salespeople do is they encourage you to buy in advance so you get all the things that you want and Mm -hmm. it it, lets your family grieve properly without having to do those things i mean that makes a lot of sense like do you want to be buried with your glasses on do you want to you know what outfit do you want to wear my grandmother straight up has her full-blown outfit picked out to the nine Wow. For when she dies and gave it to my mom and said, this is what I want to wear for my funeral. So some people are very prepared and yep. then other people are just like fucking throw me in a fire. And I mean, that's kind of how I'm living my life. Like fucking, just throw me in the fire. Yeah, just fucking <laughs> hope I don't fucking, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's wild. But yeah, there's, a, there is still a whole market out there. It's just, um. People don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it, it seems like back in the day it was, you talked about death more. Yeah. And people were more comfortable with it. Um, yeah. Probably because people were dying a lot more often, yeah. right? Like people weren't living as long. It's and... true. Well, it's just it, it's just nice if, if people do have things in advance because then it alleviates the, the stress from the family. But, yeah. But honestly, it's because sometimes people will die unexpectedly and they'll say, I didn't even know what the person wanted. Yeah. Because no one wrote down anywhere. So it gives them, they help the people do the whole planning of everything. A song they want at their funeral. What do they want to wear? Interesting. Um, You know, here's all my passwords to everything. Here's all my, like your whole life in like a book. They give you like a book. Huh. And it's something that, you know, your family can, as soon as you pass away, you'll have it all ready to go and it's whatever you wish. That's kind of cool. Yeah. My mom, my mom's like, if anyone fucking buries, if, if you have an open casket, because I'm going to come back and haunt your ass. She goes, you better just cremate me. I don't want people crying. I don't want whatever. Mm-hmm. My grandparents kind of did the same thing. I, I mean, I wouldn't want an open casket at my funeral. I don't want people looking at me when I'm dead. It's that, yeah, that's not so, for me. Side note. Have you been watching American Horror Stories? I watched a few of them. Um, I watched, uh, what was that one with the guy from New Girl? Oh, yeah, the uh, Aura. Aura. Yeah. That one was good. I watched the doll one, which was also good. Fucking creepy, right? Great ending. Great ending. I know. Yeah. Um, I feel like I watched one more, but I can't remember That's what okay. it was. So there's one that I won't give it away, but it's about necrophilia okay no i did not watch okay. that one <laughs> yeah watch that one because okay. it's creepy as fuck 
but like just tying into this whole okay ooh, all right like what happens when you die and... i feel like it always goes back to american horror story or stories <sighs> because they they cover everything they really do they yeah. had they had all things so well, I hope you enjoyed my stories this evening. Yeah. Um, oh, it feels so good to be back. I know. I can't wait to hear what you have planned because I know you've been... Uh, oh, I know, know what I'm going to talk about. I think you know too, but I'll we'll leave even, it a surprise. I don't us. even remember anymore. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. Well, unless it's what you talked about earlier in the episode. But if it's nope. something... Oh, yeah. I don't even remember. Yep. Anyway, so... Um, don't forget to try to hit us up, you know, email areyoufraidofghosts at gmail.com. Share your stories. If you want to be a sponsor, we'd love to uh, help you out. And um, just send us all the details in an email. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Are You Afraid of Ghosts? And uh, that's all we have. So um, anything else, Shelly? I think it's just good night. All right. Sleep well. <laughs>